Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for MMA Sucker Radio. This is MMA Fight Music Producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. We are back. Another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I'm your host, as always, Jeremy Brand, and it is fight week. UFC 186 goes down in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. The main event, flyweight championship, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson takes on Kyoji Horiguchi. And guess what? Quentin Rampage Jackson is back. Unfortunate news for Steve Bosse, he gets dropped from the card, Rampage is back, takes on Fabio Maldonado. Um, It's a good thing the UFC did not change up their promo package because Rampage is back. I'm going to get into that with my first guest, Mr. James Lynch from MMAOddsBreaker.com and Sportsnet.ca. We'll break down the UFC 186 fight card. We'll go over a bunch of other stuff as he's heading down to Montreal um, for that card. Also on the show, I will be joined by a local cat. You may not know him, but uh, keep an eye out for Mighty Micah Breakfield. This guy is fighting on Friday night at Five Star Fight League 14 in Fort St. John, British Columbia, against their former champion, Brad Stewart. I'll chat with him about that, as well as um, his past few fights and what he expects to do in the rest of 2015. So those are my two guests. I'd like to thank my sponsor, ProAmBelts.com. If you're in need of a belt, head on over to ProAmBelts.com and get your champions fit with the best belts on the market. That's ProAmBelts.com. I am not going to talk about anything else this week um, other than last weekend's fight card. UFC on Fox 15 was a breakout card for a number of fighters. Luke Rockhold in the main event beat Leota Machida um, easily. It, it was pretty crazy. I was in awe when I saw how this fight played out. Um, it looked like he was going to finish him in the first round. That didn't happen. And, uh, Machida had a tough time getting to his stool in between rounds. Rockhold sealed the deal in the second with a rear naked choke and gave a very, very strong case for number one contender status against Chris Weidman. Another guy who made a strong state statement for Chris Weidman's middleweight belt was Ronaldo Jacare Souza in the co-main event. However, he fought against Chris Camozzi, a guy who took the fight on short notice. So in my opinion, Luke Rockhold should be next for the winner of Vitor Belfort versus Chris Weidman. My guest from a few weeks ago, Max Holloway. A lot of people counted this guy out against Cub Swanson. Myself included. I, I picked Cub Swanson on the MMASucker.com staff predictions. And this guy, Holloway, took it to Cub Swanson in ways that we have never seen before. He pushed the pace and beat him from bell to bell until he got the finish. It was absolutely amazing. Now, one fighter that I tried to get on the show this week, Paige Van Zandt. I hit up her management company, and uh, she isn't available for interviews right now. Um, they're keeping her quite safe from interviews, I might add. This, uh, this girl could be the next big thing in the women's division. Um, she beat her opponent on Saturday night 
Felice Herrig in the opening fight on UFC on Fox 15 on the big Fox network, and she beat Felice Herrig to a pulp. She beat her easily. She passed her guard. She uh, rocked her on the feet. She landed takedowns. It was a thing of beauty. Paige Van Zandt is one to watch. That's about it from me. We will get right into my first interview with James Lynch right after this. In Canada, there are, you know, a hotbed of mixed martial arts writers. Um, But this one that I have on right now is one of the best. He's based out of Ontario, but he is from our own backyard in British Columbia. Please welcome James Lynch to Sucker Radio. James, thanks for joining me again today, man. No problem. Always enjoy being here. And uh, glad you mentioned BC because I'm always a BC boy at heart. That you are. But this weekend, you're actually taking a trek um, out east to Montreal to check out UFC 186. Now, yesterday, the UFC announced that Quentin Rampage Jackson was back. Um, Now, before I ask you your opinion on him coming back, how bad do you feel for Steve Bossy? Yeah, I feel really bad. He had, you know, you sounded very excited by the sounds of it. Uh, you know, Stefan Patry was on uh, Ariel Hawani's uh, MMA Hour on Monday, and he just talked about how much rejuvenated Steve Bosse felt. Uh, the fact he had this opportunity of a lifetime to, you know, fight on a on a UFC pay per view, and uh, yeah, to have that taken away from you, that's really got to suck. Um, it's, uh, you know, you have to feel for him, and you have to wonder. I mean, by the sounds of that interview with, with what Patry was saying, who's his manager, uh, he was saying that it sounds like Bosse was just going to do like a one fight deal type thing. So I don't know if we'll ever see him in the UFC. So it's really disappointing to, you know, kind of as the, the bittersweetness here as far as Rampage coming back is that Bosse unfortunately had to be pulled. That's what I was going to say. Do you think that, I mean, he, he pulled out, well, he was injured the first time that he was supposed to fight for the organization. He then announced his retirement. Two years later, he gets another opportunity. Does this just force him to stay in retirement? I think so. It sounded to me like the appeal as well, not only fighting in Montreal and fighting on the pay-per-view, was the fact that he was fighting a guy in Maldonado who was you know, a former boxer himself. So there was no risk of this fight going to the ground or anything like that. And I don't think unless they can find someone that's going to give him that type of matchup, I just think it was like a perfect scenario for both parties. And I feel like now... I don't know if we're going to see Bosse come back. And, and I know he was scheduled to uh, compete in a boxing match. Um, so it sounds like he hasn't ruled out combat sports completely. But I think as far as the UFC goes, it just sounds like he doesn't want to do it because uh, according to him, he used to get injured too much. Yeah, and the thing is, is this was a winnable fight for him. It was a fight that, you know, the light heavyweight division um, is so bleak to say the least it's it's not as stacked as the rest of the divisions in the UFC it's very wide open other than maybe the top four uh Fabio Maldonado ranked at number 12 in the division I believe with a win Bosse could have been knocking on the door of the top 15 exactly and Maldonado was on a winning streak I mean he could have stole all that thunder in you know in the matter of getting this short notice fight and now that's all kind of thrown out the window and and I'm with you I mean Bosse had a puncher's chance I mean anytime you have a guy who has knockout power he can have the ability to finish a fight like that and uh, you know we have seen Maldonado knocked out before uh, Stipe Miocic knocked him out uh, you know a couple fights ago so I mean it's it's definitely possible but yeah that the Rocky story unfortunately has come to an end even before it began do you think anything comes of this with with Bellator I mean right when Ram page was announced that he had signed with the UFC Scott Coker was was on Twitter saying he is still an exclusive fighter to us 
they put this court appeal in. The court ruled that that he was still a Bellator fighter. UFC pulled him from the pay-per-view, brings Bossy in. And then now the New York State injunction is denied. And, and, and we see Quinton Rampage Jackson back on the UFC 186 card. Do you, what does Bellator do at this point? I think they keep pushing. It seems like they really want to hammer this out. You know, Rampage is a big draw for them. He is a big chip. Uh, that's one thing we can't lose sight of here. But uh, I think in Bellator's end, I mean, it's just going to be a lose-lose. I mean, they they already went through this with Eddie Alvarez. I think the last thing you want is for fighters to feel like they're, you know, handcuffed into a contract or things, things like that. I know Rampage contract was a little bit different and it also had things in it that were during the Bjorn Rebney era that, you know, maybe weren't fulfilled and things along those lines. But I just think nothing good is going to come out of Rampage trying to stay or, or Bellator trying to do that but I think at the same time you know the, the those are the type of fighters they want in their organization and the new spike era is guys like Rampage that draw eyeballs so I think uh, you know Bellator will probably continue to try and fight this but uh, I think for the hardcore fans it's going to be off-putting I saw someone tweet uh, after this Rampage after Rampage himself posted on Instagram that that the fight was back on that this could have been the reason why Bellator pushed so hard to get Phil Davis do you does that did that sort of uh, did you think that as well I mean, I, I don't know if they're necessarily related. I feel like Phil Davis is a guy that, uh, you know, it seemed like in his interview on Monday uh, with, with on the MMA Hour that he was a guy that just wanted to get paid and wanted to be in the best situation for him. And I think Phil made the right decision. I think, um, you know, he can be a superstar in Bellator, and I don't think he would have reached that same success with the UFC. But the timing is certainly interesting, isn't it? And, uh, you know, maybe there, there's some correlation there, but I my gut feeling says not really. Yeah, now Phil is, you know, he was number six in the world when he signed with Bellator um do you think the fact that this guy is is ranked in the top 10 and uh you know his contract was up he had uh sort of rights to the UFC if if they decided to re-sign him but they didn't he went to Bellator does this give other fighters that have their contract up for negotiations a little bit more leeway with the fact that Bellator is signing guys that that the UFC isn't deciding to re-sign Absolutely. And I think fighters can learn from this and look at, you know, maybe I could be, you know, more successful in another organization. I mean, Phil Davis might have got a title shot eventually. I mean, you know, he hadn't, I think a lot of people expected his development to be a lot further along at this point in his career and it just hadn't got there. You know, he'd have like a really good performance like the one against Glover Teixeira and then he'd, you know, I he controversial decision or not, you know, he, he lost that fight to Ryan Bader and, uh, you know, that set him back again. And he's had a couple of those in his fights, uh, you know, as far as him getting to a title shot. So, I think that fighters can learn from this. They can see that, you know, maybe the grass is greener on the other side in terms of, you know, the exposure and things like that. And Bellator's got a big backing from Viacom. And, you know, Phil Davis will probably be their light heavyweight champion, you know, whether, you know, I don't know when that'll be, but I think eventually he will be their light heavyweight champion. And that's a, that's a, you know, big marketing chip for him. And I think other fighters can see the same things. I mean, there's, there's guys in the UFC that can beat Bellator fighters. And I think if, you know, maybe they're in the middle of the pack in the UFC, maybe you do go over to Bellator and you become a star over there. I think, I think it's definitely uh, something that a lot of fighters are looking at right now. For sure. Now, UFC 186, yourself and Sean W. Smith are, are making the trek down to Montreal. Um, what's that road trip going to be like for the two of you guys? Have you guys made a trip together before uh, to MMA events? 
We, we haven't actually. Um, I did a similar trip, a lot shorter of a trip uh, last year with uh, my, my co-host Adam Martin, uh, Kareem Zidane of BloodyElbow.com and Carlin Bardsley, uh, MMA Sucka alum and uh, host of In the Cage uh, or In the Cage with Bards. Uh, we went to Bellator last year and, uh, and actually drove down there and, and that was fun. But this will be different because Sean actually had his, uh, I think it was his bachelor party that same weekend as Bellator so he actually couldn't go. So I've actually never done a road trip with Sean uh, or Adam Martin, uh, the manager Adam Martin, not my co-host Adam Martin. We're uh, all three of us are heading down on the road trip and it's going to be fun. Uh, Montreal's a long drive but uh, if you're with the right people it can definitely go by a lot faster and uh, spoiler alert, I think we're going to do a little podcast uh, maybe on the way back uh, just in the car talking about MMA media and things like that so that's something we're thinking of doing but uh, it should be fun. It's always nice to go cover these events and uh, it'll be interesting to go back to Montreal because there's always uh, lots going on there. Nice, yeah that's what I was going to say you could almost turn it into a piece itself the, the road trip down to Montreal. Yeah, we want to. Uh, I haven't really figured it out yet. I think it'll be something casual, but uh, we're thinking maybe on the way back, I just leave the microphone running and just kind of get us to talk about the weekend. And you know, maybe from a media perspective, you know, give fans something a little bit different uh, than you know the typical you know breakdowns of fights, and maybe just talk about the experience, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you know, obviously the stuff that won't get us in trouble, but uh, you know, <laughs> stuff that, that that we can talk about type thing. So there's always good stories. I mean, that you know, we went to Bellator last year and covered Bellator 119 at Casino Rama, which to be honest was a pretty awful card, and. Uh, we actually had a great weekend just because of some of the stuff that went on, you know, after the fights and even leading up to the fights. And uh, th- that's the stuff. If, if you get a chance to cover MMA events, that's the stuff you go for because it's there's a lot of good stuff going on behind the scenes. That's awesome. I, I'm excited to hear that and, and see what exactly you guys put out. Now, I know on your your podcast, The Parting Shot, you've had a number of UFC 186 fighters on, on the show. Four, I believe. I, I could be wrong. Maybe more. But uh with Rampage back on the card, does it do anything for you uh, in terms of uh, m- not marketability, but sort of uh, star power on the card? Will Do you think it'll make people buy this pay-per-view? I think it has to help. I mean, Rampage is a guy who draws eyeballs. That's why Bellator signed him in the first place. He is a guy that, you know, if you love her, love him or hate him, ask most casual fans who Rampage Jackson is, they'll know who he is because he was in the A-team. He, he's a, you know, very big personality. You might not, you know, say what you want about his skill set. He's still a guy that, like I said, draws in a big audience. And I'll be honest, you know, when I heard this news tonight, I felt really bad for Steve Bossy, but I am excited. I think Rampage is a guy I've always kind of wanted to see. You know, I don't, I'm not sure what type of performance he's going to put on, you know, with this being kind of short notice. I don't know what his training's like. I don't know if he's going to be rushed to get to Canada or what the deal is with that. But I am intrigued. I think it's going to be cool to see, you know, one of the guys that has been in the sport for so long and a former light heavyweight champion competing on the card. And I think other fans will will tune in as well just from an intrigue standpoint. If he does beat Maldonado, what do you do with a guy like Rampage next? I mean, he's up there in years. Um he has had the title before. He he does have the star power. As you said, he was in the A-team. He has the name behind him. Do you give him that big fight next? I don't think you do. I think you use Rampage in, in fights where guys can use him as a stepping stone in a sense. Uh, you know, I look at a guy like OSP who came off a very impressive victory, uh, you know, last weekend against Patrick Cummins. I think Rampage and him would be a perfect fight. I mean, Ovin St. Preux is a guy that potentially could be a contender in the division someday, and beating a guy like Rampage, who's a named fighter, that will get you there. Another guy who hasn't fought in a while is Rashad Evans. When's he going to come back from injury? I think him, the, the rematch with him and Rashad, you know, is Rashad's first fight back. I think that's a perfect fight. I mean, there is intrigue there. You know, again, they, they did such a good job building up the first fight. So I don't know if they rush him into, you know, title contention. I think, you know, we've, there's a lot of unfinished business, you know, especially if Anthony Johnson is able to upset Jones. Um, but I do think that Rampage, you know, you can't go wrong with any of the matchups just because he is a guy 
guy that, like I said, really uh, draws fans in. I'm not going to go over predictions or picks or anything like this, but, you know, for us Canadian fans, this isn't a terrible card. There are a lot of intriguing matchups on it with Canadians on the card. Um, what's a fight on this card that you think shouldn't be overlooked? Oh, for me, it's the John McDessie and Shane Campbell fight. When this, I know a lot of people are disappointed that Abel Trujillo was injured and he's out of this fight. But Shane Campbell, Jeremy, you and I have seen this guy fight. He's a you know Canadian guy. Uh, you know, fought in K1. He's competed in the MFC and World Series of Fighting. This guy is entertaining, and McDessie is one of the most entertaining guys in the UFC too, as far as the lightweight division goes. And uh, it's a catchweight fight, 160 pounds. You know, is McDessie going to be aff- affected by the layoff? He hasn't fought since last year. You know, Campbell's getting the opportunity of a lifetime here. I think this. Could be fight of the night and I think uh, fans are going to be in for a real treat with this one because uh, these two guys will not take it to the ground I think we're going to see an all out stand up war and I hope we see a Hadouken again Oh, absolutely. And I asked McDessie, you know, I said, how are you going to defend the Hadouken? And he didn't really play up on the Street Fighter thing. He just said he's going to punch him in the face. But if you would have said Tiger Uppercut, yeah. I, <laughs> I listened to that. Yeah, that was awesome. The fight that I'm looking forward to other than that one. And I obviously I have a, a bit of a soft spot for Demetrius Johnson because he's been on the show so many times. He's He's been a good guy to MMA Sucker and Sucker Radio. I'm not going to talk about that one, but Olivier Aubin Mercier versus David Michaud. I think this one... This could also have an opportunity to be fight of the night, or it could go the other way. I mean, both these guys have only one loss on their record. Um, they're very intriguing when it goes to the ground. This could be a grappling war, and and I'm very interested to see how this one goes down. Yeah, no one's really talking about either how it's kind of like TriStar versus the MMA Lab because you've got Olivier and against Mashad, and then you've got Laprise against Barbarina, and those are both MMA Lab guys. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of that there's some rivalry there, like we've you know we've seen in the past with other gyms. But uh, I'm with you, and and I'll, I'll let me just say this too from a guy who you know works for a site that deals with the MMA odds. I think the odds on both these fights are off. I think these fights are a lot closer, uh, especially Mashad. You know, I think he's a guy you can never count out, and this is a tough test for Olivier. I think uh, the UFC knows what they're doing. They're taking two guys that are on the come up and uh, I think you know whoever emerges victorious is kind of be the going to be the guy we're going to be talking about uh, in the division and I think whoever loses you know it's a step back and kind of a retool but uh, I'm with you I think that could definitely steal the show at UFC 186. Now we have a couple women's fights on this card Um, you've had one of each um, on your podcast which of these two fights is more intriguing to you? I think, um, I mean, it's tough to say. I think there's the Ricosi and Letourneau fight's intriguing because they're both fighting at 115 pounds, and that's a new division. And I think, you know, the winner of this fight could really kind of, you know, propel themselves in the division. Um, but the Asling Daily Marcos fight, I'm just happy to get to see Randa Marcos fight. Uh, you know, she had that great run on the Ultimate Fighter, lost a close split decision to Jessica Penne, and now she's back. And, uh, you know, she was waiting forever to get a fight, and finally she gets on this Montreal card. She's fighting someone that, you know, she actually kind of got along with on the show in Asling Daily. And uh, I think. I think I'll I'll probably go with the Marcos fight just because as far as the division goes, if Marcos goes out there and gets an impressive finish or, you know, conversely, if if Daly goes out there and gets an impressive finish, I mean, these could be, you know, soon in line for the title uh, because that division right now is kind of wide open at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of the ultimate fighter, um, I've seen on Facebook, Sarah Morris, speaking of women's fighters, uh, you know, she can't find a fight and uh, she's put up a sign saying, you know, she'll... She'll fight for anything, basically. And why do you think it is that some of these women at 135 pounds have such a tough time finding fights? 
I just think with the UFC, it's not a priority for them unless they're booking the top fighters. I mean, it's not just her. It's you know. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, look at look at Jessica. I you know, I know she had the you know positive test for marijuana, but you know, even Kaufman. Kaufman, you know, had the car accident, but she's also been waiting a very long time to get a fight. I don't understand it. I there's two things I'll never understand about the UFC. Why is it they ignore the women with certain you know fights, and also you know the the lower weight classes, you know, like the flyweights and the bantamweights, they bury them on the undercards. I mean, these are divisions that are fairly new and if I'm the UFC I'm probably wanting to promote these guys because they could be title contenders soon so I don't understand the logic with the UFC and yeah I feel bad for Sarah you know she worked really hard on the show and you know she had you know kind of she's coming off that loss and you know, these women are, you know, you think you get on the Ultimate Fighter, you think you're going to be active, and these fighters are waiting around way too long. And, Jeremy, there's just no excuse. I mean, the UFC's doing more events than ever. you got to fit these women in here, and I don't know if it means, you know, moving other fights around, but uh, it's just really disappointing. Yeah, there's no need to have them on the roster if they're not going to find them fights. And, I mean, this is their living. They're they're fighting so that they can they can pay the bills. And if they don't have fights, then they're going to have to find another side job, which which doesn't really work when you're in the UFC. No, it doesn't. And we didn't even talk about the fact that, you know, Reebok's going to take over soon and they don't even have their, you know, they're losing sponsors. I mean, Sarah Kaufman talked earlier this week about how, you know, she's lost up to, she thinks around, you know, $10,000 as far as sponsorship money goes. And that's not good. I mean, these, these are professional athletes and the fact that they can't, you know, make a living and if they're not fighting, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very difficult. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some people just retire because there's just not enough money and, and not enough fights for these competitors. And, and it's just, it's being mismanaged at this point And it's really unfortunate. I agree. Now, this evening is an all-new Ultimate Fighter, Black Zillions versus American Top Team. It's a new format. It's something we've never seen before. Do you think it does justice, and do you think it tunes fans in? I hope so. I uh, I had a little argument with my co-host this week on my show. Uh, he thinks they should get rid of the Ultimate Fighter. I like the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, I, there have been some, you know bumps and hills and, and things along those lines as far as it not being exciting but uh, I like this season I think there's real legitimate beef between these two teams that's the type of stuff that's going to get people in there these are two fantastic camps um, and there's a lot of talented guys in there I mean you know we're talking about guys you know like on American Top Team you, you got Hater Hassan a guy who fought in Titan tremendous talent he's a guy I'm really excited to see you know we saw him fight in Titan and you know I just think there's a lot of ceiling on him Steve Carl the former World Series of Fighting welterweight champion what, this is a guy who probably belongs in the UFC, but now we get to see him on the Ultimate Fighter. So I just think there's so much intrigue uh, this season. I, I really hope the numbers do well, and I hope fans give it a shot and and don't just try and dismiss it because I think, uh, you know, let's be honest, Jeremy, a lot of these guys probably could be in the UFC already, but uh, I think the UFC's done a good move in taking some of the talented guys and putting them on the show to get them more exposure because, you know, it's do, do it that way or put them on a fight pass card and no one's going to see them and no one knows who these guys are and they don't know the backstory. So that's why I think tough to a certain degree works. I agree. I, I agree but i the one thing that i don't like is how they have all these uh, seasons of the ultimate fighter sort of in line with each other we have the ultimate fighter brazil 3 or 4 online right now this evening we're talking att versus black zillions um tough latin america is starting again soon why do they need to do them all at once I think the UFC is kind of doing that old thing where, you know, if you just throw it enough of it, it's like when you're fishing, you know, if you throw <laughs> it enough of uh, bait, you're just going to get people to catch on to it. I'm with you there. I, I don't like that. I don't watch any of the international seasons. I probably should, but it's just tough. It's tough enough to try and watch events every week. I'm not going to sit there and watch subtitles and, you know, these guys competing. It's just, it's not, it's not something I'm going to, you know, spend my time doing. So I'm with you there. They're, they're doing too much of that. 
But uh, as far as you know, the show, I just think uh, you know these type of tweaks, like doing the gym versus gym. I, I you know, I'm, I'll I'll buy it. I'll, I'll go check it out. I'll go watch it. That's kind of you know my opinion on the whole thing. And and I will be watching this season. I am actually quite interested. Something you did do over at MMA Odds Breaker, which I thought was really cool, was you focused on the guys that are heading down to the tough uh, tryouts. Uh, the Canadians that are heading down to the tough tryouts. You spoke to a bunch of them. You did sort of a featured series, um, an interview with each of them. Um, and, and there were a handful of those guys that you spoke with. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Of those guys that you spoke with, which one or two or, or which guys do you think have the most chance of making the ultimate fighter? Well, let me just say that I think all the competitors have a good shot, but I will narrow it down to two. And there's a guy that I'm very high on and a guy you're very familiar with because he actually used to blog for you guys. And that is Jeremy Kennedy from your neck of the woods. I was very impressed with this guy, not just in his interview, but just the fact that this guy's accomplished so much at 22 years of age. I think he's the perfect age to be on the show. I, I you know, I don't think he's too young. I don't think he's obviously he's not too old. Um, he's undefeated. He's got the seven and zero record. Uh, you know, he's looked great and he's got that worldly experience, you know, competing in Thailand last year. So I think that'll help. Those are the type of things that that will help and, and he's got an interesting story too you know he got in that motorcycle accident and he talked about that on your blog on MMA soccer and uh, you know that's the type of stuff that that you know fans really gravitate towards is that you know overcoming adversities type stuff so I think he has a good shot and the other guy I think who has a good shot is a guy who tried out last year and was unsuccessful and that is Ryan Dixon he'll be trying out for the welterweight division former hard knocks lightweight champion Ryan's a guy who's a student of the game you know he most 25 year olds are out you know partying and getting drunk Ryan's a guy who's in the you know in the tape room studying tape and reading uh you know reading books and, and really trying to study the sport to be a better fighter and, and he's a guy who gets it i think in my opinion you know 25 years old um you know pretty good record his only losses are really to, to guys that have competed in bellator in the ufc so uh you know i think he's another guy to, to keep an eye on in the welterweight and, and like i said in the lightweight jeremy kennedy is a guy i think will make the show because I, I think he's the type of guy that they need to be honest yeah he uh According to Battlefield, he has a fight lined up for the May 30th card. Um, it's not announced who he's taking on just yet, but he will fight on May 30th for Battlefield Fight League up here in Vancouver. I do believe Jeremy Kennedy could be the next guy to make the UFC from the Battlefield Fight League roster. I actually thought that he, and, I, and I don't, I'm not saying this any, any slag to Matt Dwyer or, or any of the other guys that have made the UFC, but I thought Jeremy Kennedy put up a better case to make it to the UFC before anyone else on that Battlefield Fight League roster. Yeah, and it's it's a bit surprising because um, you know you see a guy like Jeremy, and he, you know you look at the guy's record. I mean, just being undefeated, you'd think that's something that they would really want to gravitate towards. But you know, maybe at the end of the day, it you know kind of everything has to take its time and, and have its place and stuff. And I think Jeremy's time will be the ultimate fighter. I really do believe that. And now one thing I'll mention: you mentioned him having a fight lined up. Ryan Dixon's actually in the same boat. Uh, he's rumored to be on that May thirtieth Global Warriors card here in Burlington. Uh, a lot of fighters uh, on that card already announced: uh, Adrian Woolley, uh, Josh Hill, former Ultimate Fighter competitor world series of fighting uh, former world series of fighting title challenger so uh these guys definitely have a backup plan if things don't work out but uh, i think uh, like i said i think those are two guys that you will see on the show now this is a segment that i brought back last week um it's something that i i sort of kept on hiatus for a couple years here and i've never done it with a media member this will be popping your cherry james i'm gonna bring in the sucker rundown now it's a word association game i'm gonna give you uh names of things fighters people you never know something might come up and i just want you to give me the first few things that come to your head about that subject now as i said you will be popping your cherry this is the first time we've ever done this with someone other than a fighter or a promoter 
Uh, So you down to play the sucker rundown? Bring it on, my man. I'm ready for anything. All righty. Quentin Rampage Jackson. I'm a monster. (laughs) Demetrius Johnson. Uh, Classy. Dana White. A promoter. World Series of Fighting. Dire Straits. MMA Odds Breaker. Best source for gambling and information. (laughs) (laughs) You always need that, don't you? Definitely. Got a plug. For sure. Now, sportsnet.ca. Too bad we lost the UFC rights. Let's talk UFC. Uh, Great organization. The the, the world-class organization. UFC 186. Uh, Disappointing. And I'll leave it with this. James Lynch. Uh, Charismatic. Before I let you go here, James, just let people know um, anything that you have coming up uh, in the the online community with your stuff at MMA Oddsbreaker or Sportsnet.ca, as well as where they can find you in the social media universe. Well, first off, Jeremy, thanks again for having me on. I always love doing the show, and uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I always listen every week, so it's uh, nice to come on here and, and not be the host myself. I like being the guest, so it's uh, it's good times. Uh, your your audience can follow me on Twitter, at Lynch on Sports. I'm always up for talking MMA, Vancouver Canucks hockey, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, we, I'll definitely, you know, up, up for talking about it. I'm always on Twitter. As for what I got going on, um, you mentioned the MMA Oddsbreaker stuff. Uh, I'm also going to be having an extra podcast come out this week for The Parting Shot. It's actually going to be released on uh, Tuesday night or well, I guess uh, I don't know when your listeners are going to be listening to this but it will be up on MMA Oddsbreaker and uh, it is basically those interviews I did with uh, Jeremy Kennedy Ryan Dixon Sabafa Hadi and um, uh, Kyle Nelson so those will all be up and it's actually I, I actually uh, wanted to take it a step further with this podcast and I actually had Elias Theodoro on the show too to talk all about the ultimate fighter and, and talk about the selection process and what these guys have to go through and kind of you know his kind of tips for, for these guys that are heading into the tryout so it's all things ultimate fighter so check that out and last thing I'll mention uh, sportsnet.ca I actually have a list of all the Canadians that are trying out for the Ultimate Fighter, uh, so go check out that list. And if I missed anyone, give me crap because I did my best <laughs> to try and figure out who's on the show. But it's tough to track these guys down. And uh, thanks again, Jeremy. For sure, it was a pleasure, man. And uh, thanks for going over UFC 186 with me. Have a great time this weekend, and I can't wait to hear uh, that podcast that you guys have planned for the road trip back. Definitely, you'll be the first one to get the link. I promise. <laughs> My next guest will take on former five-star fight league middleweight champion Brad Stewart this Friday night at five-star fight league 14. Please welcome the man known as mighty Mr. Micah Brakefield to Sucker Radio. Micah, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Now, I know I, I want to go back a little bit. You You had a wicked submission victory in your last outing. But your two fights prior to that, you you know, you told me yourself that the Ash fight, you know, personally, I think it should have been stopped when when you had him up against the cage. The Jared fight, you told me that you blew your load and 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 gassed yourself out. Um, what what sort of going through your head mentally after those two losses? Did did you find yourself in, in a desperate sort of mental space to come out in that next fight and find a huge victory? No, man. Um, like, I wrestled a lot through uh, through high school and college. And wrestling, if you lose, it, uh, you just go to the backside and you got to keep competing. So you got to get used to uh, to losing and keep going. Like, if you compete lots, you're going to lose sometimes. And I lost a couple of fights, but I was fighting tough guys. And 
that's just part of the game. Like I know every time when I go in there, I've got a chance to win. I got a chance to lose. And, uh, that's just something you got to know going into it. Let's talk that Ash fight. I, I, you, you should have had it finished. You ended up getting stopped with a couple of sort of crappy hammer fists that sort of just grazed you while you were on your way up. Um, you, you weren't all that upset after that fight as in comparison to the Jared Revel fight. Uh, just sort of talk us through your mental state after that fight. I know you were upset with the referee and whatnot. Uh, yeah, the Jared fight, I was just upset because I probably should have grappled more. Um, I just didn't trust my grappling as much because I know, you know, he, he's a black belt. And uh, when I was in there, I, I, I felt like I could out grapple them and, and moved around and I just... I worried about punching too much instead of going for the submission. And, uh, and yeah, I just got tired. But uh, during the Ash fight, there's not much I can do about the ref stopping it. Like, I I thought I fought really well. Like, I was in there. I felt really clear. I was, I, I was, I was thinking good. I was moving good. And a lot of things went well. And uh, I can't control the fact that it got stopped like that. I, I thought I was ready to keep going. And the ref felt differently. So that's how it was. Most recently, you picked up a big, big first-round submission, 58 seconds of the very first round against Josh Griffin at Hard Knocks 42. Um, that's something that, that that's sort of your specialty is is the submissions, the triangle chokes. That's how you've gotten all five of your victories. Sort of talk us through this performance and, and what you thought you felt like during the victory against Josh Griffin. Uh, yeah, that fight, um, I actually thought I was supposed to be up like after the, after the intermission. And then I found out about 15 minutes before my fight, I was up. So I didn't really get to warm up. I just got to kind of get my hands saved real quick and run out. And, uh, I felt kind of flat. I wanted to move around box and, uh, he rushed me and it, it, it led to a takedown. And, um, I was just a much better grappler than him. And, uh, he swept me, but the triangle was in really deep and, uh, it, it was a pretty quick finish. Now you're a guy that likes to get in there and and fight every time you know an opportunity sort of arises. I know that you you've said in the past and at following that that Josh Griffin fight, you said that your next fight would be at 170 pounds. This fight against Brad Stewart is at 85. Um, is is that just because you could get into the cage that much quicker and, and didn't have an opponent at 70? Yeah, and yeah, I guess he's a big 85 at that, but. uh yeah, it's just a fight that came. Um, I I had wanted that fight against uh, Duncan Wilson for the 170 belt. He had uh, he had pulled out against me earlier in the year when we were supposed to fight, and uh, I really wanted that. And Justin told me to stay in shape in case anyone got hurt for that card because he knew he knew I was looking for a fight. And uh, it just so happened that uh, Mikhail Wedderburn was not uh, was not answering the call, so I did. Brad Stewart, the local hometown boy, you have trained with him in the past. Um, what are your thoughts on Brad as a fighter as a whole? As you said, he is a big 185-er. Yeah, he's a good fighter. He's got some good wins. He's uh, he's lost just to you know some pretty good guys. He got a loss to he's got a loss to Matt Baker and, and a loss to Brendan Kornberger and uh, Kornberger's guy. I also lost to, but uh. Yeah, I think it's a good matchup for me. I think um, I think my jujitsu is uh, levels above his, and uh, I'm I'm going to try and prove that on Friday by just going out and uh, taking him down, and submitting him. How did it go when you guys trained together? Uh, you know the stuff that happens in the training room kind of 
stays in the training room. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, we were uh, uh, neither one of us is really getting ready for a fight. So neither one of us is really at our uh, at our sharpest. But you know, grappling, I feel like at 185 pounds and at 175 pounds, I'm really safe on the mat with anyone. And uh, standing, I know I'm I'm really long and rangy, and I think I proved it in my ash fight that I'm I'm pretty comfortable on my feet, and I can. I can stand there and trade and stay safe. So I'm ready for wherever it goes. Do you think strength-wise he, he, he will have that factor against you, though, correct? I, I don't know, man. You can you can say someone's stronger. Like, I'm sure if we go in the gym, we could be stronger. But I guarantee you when we grapple, when I get a hold of it, his, like, his wrist, I'm going to have stronger grip strength. I'm going to be able to move him all want to. And, uh sure he could he could lift more he could he could he could maybe do some exercises better than me but uh maybe he can hit harder who knows i i transfer my weight pretty well when i'm 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 turning my right hand over i can i can hit pretty hard i've, I've shown him some fights or knock guys out and uh i don't know I, he he might be stronger in the gym but i i think grappling wise i'm i'm definitely stronger you fought in front of the the Fort St. John crowd before back in in April of 2014 basically exactly a year ago come this fight um what was it like fighting in the in in the in the city of fort st john in front of their crowd i know they have have a great crowd and 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 great turnout for their fights there what's it going to be like fighting their hometown star it's cool man like uh the uh, the people there uh, they all show up on time like in in vancouver sometimes people just show up for the fight they're kind of looking to watch and then they leave or uh or, you know, they don't show up to the main event fights or, or what have you. But I, I showed up for my last fight for the rules meeting at 5.30, and we got the last parking spot in the arena. Everyone was there sitting down, eating already, excited to watch fights. It's a cool crowd. Uh, they're definitely going to be rooting against me. But, uh, you know, I, I smile, and I'm, I'm a pretty friendly guy, so I, I don't expect I'll get too many boos. It'll just be cheers for Brad, but I, I, I still get supported usually. Does that that doesn't weigh on you mentally at all, does it? No, my first fight was actually in in the other guy's hometown, and I uh, I have a lot of fun being the heel. Uh, <laughs> I I do it with a smile, but uh, I can be the bad guy for sure. Now, this as I said, this will be your second fight for Five Star. What what was it that brought you back to this organization, other than the fact that it was another fight? What is it about Five Star that that wanted you to come back? I, you know, it's just owned by really awesome people. Justin and uh, and Tasha are just awesome people who understand the fight game and they understand the struggles fighters go through and they uh, and they really go out of their way to try and uh, you know be really nice to the fighters and accommodate us as as well as possible. And they're always talking to you with a smile and it's a it's a nice relaxing change from some of the other uh, leagues where you're dealing with. Uh, a lot of hotheads and and uh, people that aren't as fun to deal with as as Justin and Tosh. Following a victory at Five Star Fight League fourteen, you'll be six and five. What what sort of does the future hold for Micah Brakefield? What would you like following this fight? How, obviously, you want to be active. That you always want to be active. How quickly would you like to get back in there? And are there any other plans in the not so distant future? Do you have anything set up? Uh, no, nothing set up. I'm. I'm definitely looking to stay active. Um, I know there's a couple cards in Calgary and Alberta that are 
happening in May and June. There's a couple cards in Vancouver. I, I would definitely like to fight. As long as I'm healthy, I'd like to fight as as soon as possible at 170 pounds or 185 pounds. I just like fighting, and I know that uh, with my exciting fights, I string a couple wins together, I could get a call. So, who knows? Will, will you be cutting any weight for this fight? I'll probably be eating on weigh-in day, but I'll, uh, I'm will i like uh, 191 pounds right now, so five pounds over the, the one-pound weight limit, so... Yeah, very easily. You're, I mean, right now you're five and five. If you get a win on Friday night, you'll be six and five. Very easily, your record could be much higher than that with some of these these losses that you have. Do you think your fighting career would be that much different if if your record were say nine and five? Yeah, maybe. But you know, we don't live in a world of uh, ifs and buts. I'm. You know, right now the reality is I'm five and five, but I've had I've had ten super exciting fights. If you go back to my amateur career, you can you can add eight more fights that were super exciting. I've, like I've I had my longest fight was nine minutes. I think in uh, in eighteen fights they averaged three minutes apiece. So I I pretty much always have exciting fights, and I know that's what people want to see. So I'm always staying positive and just looking to string a couple wins together. Are you a guy that that mentally prepares? I know you're a guy that goes in and you do the float house stuff. You're you're a, you're a sponsored athlete with Float House in downtown Vancouver. Um, are you a guy that that uses that to mentally prepare and and has goals for the remainder of this year, or are you a guy that does short term goals? Like, let us know and let the listeners know some of those goals that you have set out for yourself. Uh, yeah, I think it's important to have long term goals, but. Uh the way you get there is breaking it down into, into short-term goals. And, uh, right now my short-term goals are just to stay active and, uh, and compete as much as possible and, uh, and just get my name out there and uh, like to as many different promotions as I can and, and just show people what I have. Talk, talk to me about that float house a little bit. I, 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 last week when I spoke to you before this fight was announced, you said, I, I I'm heading off downtown, to do a float. What does that do for, for fighters and, and yourself um, specifically to prepare for, for fights and, and, and training and everything like that? Uh, for me, it's just all about the visualization. I think it's, uh, it's really important to visualize. Like they've shown people can get stronger lifting weights just thinking about it. So like our minds are a really powerful thing. And uh, when you're walking around in the city or on the sky train, lots of time you got a lot of things distracting you and, and it's kind of hard to focus and uh, it's pretty cool for 90 minutes. You can just, you can go into a dark place where you're floating and you forget about your body, you forget about the world around you and you can, you can just focus on whatever you want. I like to try and put myself in the, the mindset of, of being backstage, about to go into a fight, uh, walking right through and actually doing the whole fight. And I, I feel like when I'm in the tank, I can, uh, I can be in, I can actually be in that place. Like I'm not, I'm not thinking about what it would feel like to be there. I'm actually there. I can, I can see, I can see myself backstage. I can feel my hands getting taped. It's uh, it's definitely beneficial. I get to have the whole benefit of, of that pre-fight uh, nerves and being able to handle it without actually having to do the fight. That sounds like a that's sounds like a really cool experience. Um, just let people know where you've been training for this fight camp. I know you're a guy that sort of gets around to the different different gyms around the city, but do you have a main home for this camp specifically? Uh, yeah, I, 
I started doing my MMA out of, out of Titan uh, mixed martial arts in Coquitlam, and that's uh, under Ken Tran and uh, and Nabil. He teaches Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu. He's a he's a brown belt under Eddie Bravo, and it's a it's just an awesome gym. Like Ken is a he's an active competitor as well. He, he's he's competing in Glory in a couple weeks in in San Diego, and and so seeing him get ready for that is a uh, always keeps me motivated and and the Beal's always uh he's always competing lots and he, uh, he's got a competition coming up he hasn't been able to announce what it is yet but it's just awesome being around the holy because i know they're doing it as well does speaking of ken tran he as you said he's he's fighting for glory in a couple weeks here has that helped your stand up that much more training with a guy who has the the muay thai and kickboxing background that ken has for sure, it has. Ken's really creative. Um, I spent about a year doing my boxing with Caleb Starnes, and he really helped me go from not having anything to having like an understanding of range and and kind of knowing my distance and uh, you know keeping my hands up and stuff. But Ken, he, he's creative like I am with my grappling, and he's been able to show me some. I end up more because I'm, I'm finding it fun doing the stuff that Ken shows me. Will he be in your corner on Friday night? No, unfortunately, he's uh, he's getting ready for his glory fight, and uh, it's pretty close to it. So uh, Nabil's going to come up and and corner me this time, but I'm I'm perfectly okay with that too. Like uh, Nabil was in my corner when I fought Ash, and uh, it's it's definitely okay with me to have Nabil there. <laughs> Now, I know one of your guys that's been a longtime training partner of yours and actually cornered you a few times, Sean Albrecht, is now the head MMA coach or head coach at Five Star Training Center. So will he be in Brad's corner or will he be in your corner? Uh, he's actually not going to be in either. He he sent me a message saying that he wasn't going to corner Brad. Um, I told him I, I really wouldn't be bothered if he did. He's up there coaching them. So I'm not worried about... Like, uh, Brad's seen me fight lots. He knows probably to try and not go to the ground and get submitted. And uh, Sean's going to be telling him that in, in his camp anyway. Like they're going to be working on sub defense. And uh, I don't aim to ha- have fights go past the first round anyway. So I think once we go out there, it doesn't matter who's in this corner. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and control the fight and win. Now Brad has never been submitted in his career, so. You plan on being the first man to do that, correct? Yeah, Brad's never fought me before either. Like, uh, I I definitely think I can go out there and submit him if uh, if I get him to the ground. I I definitely think I can get him to the ground. Prediction wise, you're you're a man who does the float tank. You said you've you've seen this fight in your head. How do you finish Brad Stewart on Friday night at Five Star Fight League 14? Um. I'm not sure of that. I've I've been seeing actually quite a few different ways, some some ways with stand up, some ways with the ground, but I definitely think it'll be a a pretty quick fight. Like I'm I'm aiming to get in there, and, and as soon as that bell rings, I I have no interest in going to the corner. I want to finish it in the first round, so I think it'll be a first round finish, probably probably submission, but. Let's call it a 10th planet twister and, and see if that happens. <laughs> 
That's hilarious. Now, this guy, Brad Stewart, as you said, he's he's fought Brendan Kornberger. He's lost to to Matt Baker as well. Do you consider him your toughest opponent, or are you a guy that says, you know, every opponent that's my next opponent is the toughest? Yeah, man, everyone's a fight. You can't go in there thinking that someone's uh, less tough or, or, or anything than anyone you fought. Like, I know I've fought some really tough guys, but uh, Brad's been ranked in, in the top in the Canada, and uh I definitely think it's a hard fight, and it'll look really good on my resume for uh, to have a win over him. He is Micah Brakefield. He takes on Brad Stewart this Friday night in Fort St. John at Five Star Fight League 14. Micah, it's been a pleasure, man. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, anything else you have going on, and any sponsors you'd like to shout out. Uh, yeah, they can uh, always like my page on Facebook, just uh, it's Micah Brakefield MMA, and uh on Twitter, just at Micah Breakfield and same with Instagram. Um, yeah, sponsor-wise, I always have Float House as a as a constant sponsor, and uh, you know I've always been supported by Dominant Crown and and a Reflex on Kingsway for supplements. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Michael, all the best, man, and and good luck on Friday night. Cool. Thank you. All right, folks, there you have it. Micah Brakefield breaking things down for his five-star Fight League 14 uh, bout against Brad Stewart. Excited for that one. You won't be able to watch it live as it doesn't go down live or it is it doesn't stream uh, to the interwebs. So you'll have to just keep it locked to MMASucka.com for results this Friday night. Good luck to Micah Brakefield against Brad Stewart on Friday night. And thank you to James Lynch for joining me on the show. Going over UFC 186, talking about Rampage taking Steve Bosse's um, spot at UFC 186 against Fabio Maldonado, and talking all things MMA with me. I appreciate that. Thank you to you guys for listening to the show. Make sure you follow MMA Sucker on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Follow myself at Jeremy Brand 604. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucker. And with that, I'm out. Brand is we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio. It's the radio. Sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show where you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.